Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 345. This is your guide to the geek side and the companion to me, your host, Todd Oxtra. Joined by Charlie Carden. He's a companion unto himself, folks. I was, I was, I, <laughs> I kind of mixed up the old intro there. I was, if you, I was you guys doing, are following along, I was doing this to throw him off. Prince Shizor has returned home. I did talk about this on Holocron uh, this past week, but uh, Prince Shizor here uh, was originally uh, purchased from Argos Used Bookstore in Easttown and here in Grand Rapids. He sat on the shelf from 1996 when this item was produced for Shadows of the Empire uh, for 20 years. I picked him up in 2016. For the negotiated price of three dollars, uh, and he became our trophy for the summer movie wager. I believe I had him for a year. I think Johnny had him for the four years that followed, and now he is home to Michigan, probably only for a year because Johnny's better at this than we are. But it always it continues to elude Todd, but that doesn't mean it always will. Doesn't mean it always yes. will. And that was the one that generated, basically came up with the the wager just as a, a good, fun time to celebrate the summer of movies. And this was our first year back after uh, 2020 got delayed. So it was very right. fun. And actually, um, our guest, who has been on the show before, is part of the Secret Friends Unite Network with Code 47. That is Mr. Richard Div- Davenport. Rich, we invited you to be part of the movie wager. Uh, I don't believe you won, did you? I thought I did. Did you win? I he won, he won in his division because he the was division. the upper division. <laughs> well, we did. We had the Commonwealth had, Division. Yes. Well, no, we had the you know we had the the A tier, which was the, us three, sure. you, me, and Johnny, and then it was uh, us three. It was then Mark, and uh, it was the it was Mark and Rich, who was the wider uh, wider grouping, as, as I recall. I so, could not remember who won. Sorry, Rich. I I besmirched okay. I besmirched your. Wonderful, no, no prize. It was, so, my, it was my rookie season victory, and uh, right. now I'm going to go into the sophomore slump. So you know it'll be okay. Uh, we'll we'll yes. see what happens in twenty in 2022. We'll have a real movie season. But anyway, that is clearly not the focus of what we're talking about. But Rich, <laughs> since I've got you on the line, Sorry. I th- I think it would be a magnificent opportunity for you to talk about our cover of the week. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and do that? You guys let me pick the cover of the week. I thought that was fantastic. Well, actually, I, you were, actually you were kind of insistent, but no, no, I, I no, said, you did. No, you I, did. No, come on, you now, did. come on. You did. Insistent. You did. Come on. You did. Three hundred forty-five only comes around once Why? every three hundred forty-five. <laughs> I, I always think of this as the the cover. Like three forty-five always sticks out in my head because of this issue. So when you guys said three forty-five, I immediately thought of this issue. It's the cover. It's three hundred issue three forty-five of Incredible Hulk. The first series, well, second series, I guess, the one that Tales was Tales to Astonish morphed into, right, right, and it has a gigantic gray Hulk smashing through his own title, which I always find fun when they always, they, uh, I always find it fun when they, when they, when the characters smash their own title. Yes, happens indeed. on a lot of different, a lot, yeah. a lot of different stuff. This is a double sized issue, uh, you know, like special anniversary issue three forty five. Of course, of right. course, right. This is the issue in which the Hulk dies. Or so they, or so everybody thinks he doesn't what? actually die. What Hulk died? Right. Nobody told me. Is Who's this, been playing no. Hulk? Uh, is is this the one where they they split? No, no, that no, was way that earlier was, that than was this. Yeah. Was, that was before he, Peter David. 
And he was still green. He was still green back then. He, Correct. Yeah, that was he a was, tail yeah. run. That was a, that was right before Peter David came on. I think right. it was Len Wen. Maybe I don't right. know. Al Milgram. Al Milgram. Oh, Al Milgram. Todd, your favorite. Uh, I remember that because I sampled a few of those recently because it was one of those everybody got together to take the Hulk down. The West Coast Avengers showed yeah. up. Yep. Yep. Spider Man was there in his black costume, which is always a draw to me because that's my favorite Spider Man. So yeah, I remember, but I never really dug into this. But with Marvel Unlimited, which I'm, I'll talk about a little bit in the geekies that I'm kind of getting a little bit more use out of Marvel Unlimited these days. Yeah. Um, uh, I maybe I'll take a peek. That's cool. So this was from summer of '88. We talked yeah. about right summer of '88. This was this was my introduction to Peter David. Right, the okay. man right here, the man of the Star Trek: The New Frontier, which Rich and the, I yep. have, uh, Rich yep. and I have recorded about, and we both love very much. Absolutely, the man, the myth, the legend. I read, I've, I read a ton of stuff by him. I got a chance to meet him, Todd. Probably the same con yeah, that you right. interviewed him at. Was it Galaxy Con, Rich? I think it. I think it was. Yeah, there's been a couple of Twin City cons that have come through, and yeah, Yeah. now we actually have a Twin Cities con, which actually was occurring this weekend. Right, that's right. Yeah, I missed that one. Me too. But that's okay. Pandemic, you know, whatever. Absolutely. But but yeah, this this was my introduction to Peter David. This is when I got on board, and it's it's a great issue. It, It really is a lot of fun, but. Todd, you pointed it out. Three hundred and forty-five. Great issue to you know have a double size. You know, blow it out, light it up, light it up. Do it. Wait, wait till three fifty. They got the uh, Jeff Perv's uh, art when he's in Vegas, and this oh, was yes. this was the way that Hulk escapes to Vegas. They you know they think he's dead, and he shows up in Vegas as an enforcer. Such a weird run. Yeah, it was it was a great it was a great concept. Yeah, very interesting take. Yep. Um, and McFarlane, that was really his. I mean, he did some DC work uh, before then. This was his really like his Marvel debut. Then I believe he went over to ASM after yep. this. So it was kind of like it was a cool thing. Peter David just getting his start. Um, yeah, all this cool stuff. And yeah, a, a very cool issue. And I did read some of those issues because I just wanted to see how Todd McFarlane's art changed. And yeah, I, I really like where he ca- you can see parts of brilliance with McFarlane's art in this. Sometimes yeah. though, it just looks like trash, but yeah, yeah. we get there. I, I, it took us a while to get a, get used to him, right? I mean, he was a big splash in the comics scene oh, back yeah. in the eighties, yeah, and, yeah. and everybody was used to that 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 John Byrne type, you know, real static looking art. And then, you will bam. not speak ill of John Byrne. It I'm will not. not be done. Well, I'm not speaking and, ill of John and John Byrne, Byrne actually uh, did art uh, and wrote Hulk before that. I mean, like two yeah. runs before then, and I loved three, his art on the three fourteen yeah. to three twenty. I mean, fourteen to three twenty, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not naive enough to say that John Byrne is you know the world's greatest artist or whatever, but I mean he did several notable runs. That, you know, the least of which was was launching the Indiana Jones comic, which is a personal favorite of mine and one of the very first I ever read. So. And don't forget next men. Yeah, X Men, man. How could I? He did X Men. Next Men, yes. Next Men. X Men and Next Men. That's right. <laughs> yes. well, so, and what came before the X Men? The Before Men, Side Men. Backdoor men? I don't know. Oh no, let's wow. not go there, Charlie. We oh, we we'll take that as a note. Check out the comic if you're interested in seeing what it is. Very cool cover. Definitely. And you know what? Might be the best 345 ever. It could be. Awesome. But not to beleaguer the point. Moving right along. Let's uh <laughs> let's hop in the Uber. Let's go down to the corner of Hollywood and Vine and get the latest dope, the poop, the news uh from our senior news correspondent. We'd like to call her Madam Webb with her rumors and news. Let's do it. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. 
Oh my goodness. Look, we said it's Shocktober this week, uh, week two. So Madam Web, uh, just remember that, uh, a cute costume for you. Do not put in your dentures, uh, choose to not remove your cold cream. And now you can be, uh, I believe the wicker woman who we'll talk about in the Thunderdome. So there is you that, go. Is that like Dr. Quinn wicker woman? Oh, there. Oh, did, did I just find an ep- name for the episode? Oh, good work. The Wicker Charlie. Woman. Yeah, the why not? Woman. Yes. So we kick off the news this week with a story that Charlie will probably not care about, but maybe he will. That's okay. uh, because I'll listen. I'll listen. yes. So a show that I absolutely loved in college when Charlie was adoring uh, Voyager. Well, uh, it was BBC- you're, you're you're not going to find any support here ripping on Voyager. Rich is a fan. D Space Nine and Voyager. Uh, I was loving Babylon Five. I would record it every day after school. It went from syndication to TNT owning the rights. Uh, and then uh, they debuted with a miniseries called In the Beginning, which got me re- instantly hooked on the show. Loved it. Uh, it was a five-season arc. J. Michael Straczynski basically started it from the beginning. He made a Bible. He said, this is my whole tale. And it was unique for its time because we did not get it. We did not get story art telling like that in TV. So it was really a unique thing. Um, and the fact that this was essentially a kind of an independent type show. It didn't have a studio backing it like like uh, Star War, Star Trek or anything like that. So kind of a unique entity, the fact that it actually got made. But over time, um, there have been significant rights problems with this show you know, to even get it put back on networks, like I think it's on HBO Max now. They did some touch-ups to it. Still looks really rough. And uh, But apparently, we're finding out now, the rights have been cleared up, and this show will be coming back as a re... What's the best word? Reboot, I guess, is the way it would say. Coming to the CW, which is very surprising. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, I know. Very crazy. Um, and I even... J. Michael Straczynski was putting this out there, and I even responded to his tweet. He actually responded back to me, which is surprising. What? On oh Twitter, yeah. Interaction on Twitter. That's why you go there. That's um, awesome. That's yeah. okay. okay. And okay. and I, I mentioned, because I'm like, the CW does not have high budgets. I even mentioned on like HBO Max, maybe even Paramount Plus, because the CW is split between Warner Brothers and CBS. It's a joint mm. entity. So it could go either way, to be honest. I mean, if you want to play with it. Um, so, but obviously TNT is owned by Warner Brothers. So I don't know exactly how those rights go. But regardless, I said, wouldn't they be a better places because they would give it a higher budget? We've seen what Star Trek is doing now. We've seen what the expanse, and we've also seen the event like um Battlestar Galactica. I'm like, you see what they did. The budget, the budget and the, how the show looked did not get in the way of people liking it. it those weren't, um, they, they've done very well and they weren't known to have the biggest budgets, but they looked great and it didn't distract you from what you're seeing on screen. So I got some pushback saying, hey, when I, <laughs> that's what he said, back in the day, we made it for $900,000 an episode. I'm like, <laughs> things have changed. Uh, well, you can get away with that in the '90s, Jay Michaels. Well, I mean, I mean come on. <laughs> TNG had famously had a budget of a million dollars an episode, and they 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 did manage to pull it off. But I think that extra hundred thousand dollars was apparently the that was a bridge too far for battle on, for, for you. Well, and Babylon Five came came out post TNG. Um, yes, it yes. was about the same time that DS Nine came out. There's always the yeah. Hey, it's a it's a star. You know, it's basically right. a. Uh, same kind of concept in a way. It's, it's, a, both, D, it's yeah. a DS9 without the Star Trek. And yeah, I've heard the argument. It, it's very similar. Yeah. So, but um, it's beloved. 
I love it. I think it's one of the best written sci-fi shows, not necessarily the best acted or directed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they had, they had some great writers, Neil Gaiman, uh, some other writers that wrote great episodes. And Straczynski, I think he wrote like 80% of the episodes. So very unique. Star Trek doesn't have that. Star Trek has bring in writers, different things like that. Well, um, that's, so, that, I wouldn't say that was explicitly true. Each of the later shows had writing staffs, but it wasn't really. No, no, no. But you didn't have one yeah. individual like writer, the creator yeah. doing everything. So, right. You had I mean, like like yeah. DS9 in its heyday had like five guys. And yeah. unfortunately, it was guys, no women. So, you know, sign it at times. But yes. yeah. But like, I mean, even TNG, they would bring in different people. Yeah. To yeah, write they, episodes. They, yeah. Yeah. They had they, they had a spec script open door policy that they would actually yeah. like uh, a guy who I'm friends with on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Eric Stilwell uh, wrote the famous episode yesterday's Enterprise. Rich, you know the one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was just from a slush pile. He's just a regular old guy who sent something in and it got made. <laughs> yeah. I so know it's, it's weird. So, yeah, so he's going to be completely involved in this uh, as a creative entity. It's coming out. He's got a partnership uh, with the CW to make this. I'm hoping it goes well, but it's a reboot. And he hmm. he basically said, we can't just redo the same thing we once did. So I'm, I'm hoping there are – it doesn't recreate the series and have all the same story beats. I hope it has a f- the same feel but does different things with it and delivers in a very similar fashion, but is surprising to us fans who love that show. Cause I just don't want the same thing. And I'm not going to be the fan that well, they did it differently. I don't want to be that guy. I just want to be a guy that likes this type of storytelling. And I always love the fact that we can get another universe of star, you know, of sci-fi that can really deliver like the expanse and different shows like that. So I'm excited um, for this now, considering this is going to be a modern show now, Without the crappy legacy, um, is it a scenario where you might both you might both watch it? Honestly, you take you saying that uh, Straczynski wrote eighty percent of the original show makes me want to go watch the original show because I love Straczynski's writing. So mm-hmm. he did some he did some great stuff on ASM, didn't he, Rich? Yeah, yeah. Well, some great stuff on ASM. Well, I mean, <laughs> he also at, did Brand New Day. So, well, you know. Or, I, I, I one am, more day or whatever it was. It was brand new. Yeah, uh, brand new day. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm one of the few people you might ever meet that has read every issue uh, issue of ASM, and a good eighty five percent of it is completely absent from my memory because it's it's just not that memorable. But I have read them. Um, I'm attempting to do the same with the Avengers, and it's not going so good. Um, but <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, no, I, I remember this. Straczynski covered. Uh, I think the 9-11 portion of, of Spider-Man wrote a good story where Aunt yep. May finally discovered his, his identity, and that led to the events of the uh, – the now I want to call it One Last Day, you know, something like that. So anyway, he did some great stuff for it's ASM. Day, and, yeah. Yeah, as opposed – you know, in, in addition, obviously, doing some stuff that wasn't so great. So, I mean, I will – you know, I, I will kind of surrender myself to the will of the critics on this one. If there's a buzz after it comes oh, out – Oh, Ch- Charlie, you said I don't listen to critics. Uh, the critics I are my friends and associates. Oh, Todd, <laughs> Todd, you don't want to play the gotcha game with me because I will string your ass up. No, but you always tell me I don't pay attention to critics extra. So yes, when I you know. tell me that, I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, so all the, this is all the, all the sideways shit that comes out of your mouth. You just better watch it. <laughs> my goodness, Charlie. Uh, but regardless, it, they do mention some things about what Babylon 5 did do for pioneering a TV series. Uh, first to use 5.1 audio. Um, first to use widescreen uh, for TV, and the first to use 
uh, CGI uh, as a as a TV series concept. I know it, it looks different now, but yeah, Star Trek to a large extent used real models uh, to a large extent to do and did some things like that. So different different viewpoint on technology, which is pretty cool. Yeah, early CGI does not hold up, so that's not that's mm-hmm. a good and a bad thing. But, Two words yeah. for you uh, before we move on. Video toaster. <laughs> I just remember from high school. <laughs> oh, my God. So the next story, let me jump on into this one because I'm such a big fan. And I hope this tells us somewhere where we might actually be seeing the next season of the show because I'm very excited. But uh, we've talked about this. There's a spinoff for The Boys, uh, on, which is uh, over on Amazon. Uh, college spinoff is happening in, uh, you know, showrunner creator uh, Eric Kripke uh, says it's kind of like Mork and Mindy and Baywatch Nights. I'm so okay. I did, yeah, well, I, you know what? Yeah, as Patton as Oswald likes to say, stop drilling, you've hit oil. Uh, but yeah, Nanu, this, Nanu, boys, Nanu, 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 and what did Mark do? What did he do? Uh, it was this. It was, it was, wasn't it this? Uh, okay. I, I don't even have the screen up. Hands like this. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, okay. That could mean something Which else. Could, I mean, there's all kinds of different. Uh, I, yeah. It, let's it, let's not get X-rated yeah, on the, the with, our, with our hands, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just doing the Mork shake. You know. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah. What one can only really draw conclusions of what the hell that could possibly mean. Uh, it says here, that, you know, kind of at the tail end of this article, uh, Baywatch Nights spinoff, uh, Baywatch Nights, which was spun off from Baywatch, had vampires, vampires, and it has an, <laughs> it has an asterisk. And the Baywatch asterisk Nights had the, vampires? The asterisk yes. goes nowhere. There's, there's no notation. I, so I can, I can tell that. you, Baywatch Nights started off as, this is what David Hasselhoff and the other lifeguards oh. did when they yeah, had nothing else to do. They basically became like private investigators. When right. that premise didn't hit enough, they decided that they would also cross over with the supernatural. That's <laughs> so they all wanted I'm saying. A puppy, they wanted I, a puppy show. You know, kind I was of, yeah. say, I, wow. uh, I, I quote Lunch Lady Doris from The Simpsons. I get two paychecks this way. That's why. Like, what job. was that one show, Forever Night? That was that syndicated show oh, with the cop God. who was a vampire. Yeah, oh, bad God. stuff. Bad stuff. <laughs> but yeah, the, 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 the Boys is getting a spinoff. We've got some casting now. Jason Clare, Lizzie Broadway. Is that a real name? I guess it is. Uh, Shane, <laughs> Paul McPhee, Amy Carrero, Raina Hardesty, and Maddie Phillips cast as college students. And I guess it's going to be like, Coed superhero hijinks. This should I go well. It, I hope it's teenage kicks. That's what I hope. Have you guys read the comic? Have you guys read the Teen- comic? Oh no! Well, uh, well, that was in, they were introduced in like yeah. what the first trade, Rich? Yeah, yeah. The first trade we read. Lines, we, yeah. We, we, yeah. Read, we, read yeah. And, we read and we broke that down on the show because it was out of order. Like like what they were doing in the comic didn't always go in order of the show. It's kind of like a things are there. Or, or but the it reverse is true. I mean, you yeah, know. right. <laughs> a, a, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that, yeah, I love that comic. I read every issue of it. Teenage Kicks, I don't think it was the first volume. I think it was like the second or third volume that they came in. But they're mentioned in the first volume for sure. Because I, I, they're, was that the group that they is, fought on the, like, like Huey got the, the powers and then yeah. killed yeah. one of them? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we did meet them. Yeah, we did okay. meet yeah, them. Yeah, that was, okay, that so that was, was them. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, but then like they end up like surveilling them and all this other stuff. So I'm hoping yes. this because they're going to do they're going to have a hero gasm episode in, in season three. You know about <laughs> hero gasm, right? Herogasm is another arc in the in the comp. You got. Uh-uh. I'm not that far along. it. You've got. I'm not that far along. They. Well, I, I would. Yeah. I guarantee. I hundred percent guarantee they will not be able to do on the show what they do. In that, that might be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, you know what? By the sounds of it, I don't know that we. You know, I know that we go a little explicit on the show, but perhaps we should leave it be. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's yeah, Garth, no. Ennis, uh, Garth Ennis unleashed. That's what it is. So you know. Oh God, is he? Just what he needed. Oh God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh God. Just let him off the leash. Um, 
but this this article still doesn't mention when we're going to see the boys season three because it was it was a fall show because I know we we watched uh, season two we kind of picked it up midway last fall while also watching season one so kind of segued into it so uh, but the fall has arrived and there's there's nothing going on so I'm kind of bummed out thanks Everything's COVID delayed. but okay. Rich to your point uh, they said uh, that it. Season three will definitely incorporate that storyline. So uh, I guess we just need to be prepared for to be disgusted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of being disgusted, I'll I'll take this second one and then I'll kick it back. (laughs) Uh, Venom two, uh, which you guys have not seen. And so I Todd and I had a little combo pre-roll and and I'm not going to talk very much about it because April and I did see it yesterday. But Rich, I know you're holding out, so I'm sure you'll hear spoilers along the way. Todd, I know you're seeing it this upcoming week and we're going to discuss it on the show. Is that next weekend? Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, I was not a fan. But uh, regardless of the fact that I'm not a fan, I am not the I am not the movie making public. It looks like this is going to set not only a new pandemic record, but also a new month of October record uh, with an opening weekend pushing a hundred million dollars, ninety point one million dollars. Uh, clearly domestic. Um, people are hungry for it. I don't know. I mean, let, you know, perhaps that's a bad spin on the fact that Venom and Carnage are obviously carnivorous because they bite a lot of faces and heads and different stuff in this film. Um, I think I think people are just chomping at the bit, and uh, that's kind of where this ended up. But I will uh, simply wrap up to say uh, that I'm not a fan. I know I mentioned that, um, but Todd, you had some you had some rather Oscar winning Shakespearean thoughts about this. So why don't you go ahead? Well, it only matches the level of quality of the film my 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 uh, my thoughts on this film uh yeah i did not see this yet so i will see this but i have heard essentially if you didn't like the first film there's nothing here for you they don't they don't change anything they essentially doubled down although i heard some critics said they like this one better so take it with you will but i don't think if you like the first if you like the first one i don't think there's anything there for you um i can't say venom is a character that I love, but I will say that I think the character has is in a much better place than it has been for a long time. Um, and the character has taken a huge arc versus like the maximum carnage, the lethal protector era where it was like, eh, Venom just feels like very nineties now. Ah, was- you know, put some, uh, some, some really, raging death metal behind him and he's he's all set you know <laughs> yeah i i read that maximum carnage arc two or three years ago and i was like well they were really they were just chewing this if it can be done chewing the scenery in a comic book like chewing on the edge of the panel I'm, 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 I'm. i mean just with the dialogue it felt like it was uh it felt like it was george lucas i don't know maybe he snuck in there did a little ghost writing but it was not yeah, it was, it was 90s, 90s comics. Yeah, it was yeah. very 90s. This was very on par with what we all came to to expect. Because yeah, it was it was uh, you know it was Carnage plus Shriek who was featured in the film. It was Doppelganger who was a demonic Spider Man with six arms and fangs and all this different stuff. And they yeah, Rich is like yeah, I was there. Is yeah. Demo Goblin <laughs> in there too? No, uh, well yeah, the Demo Goblin <laughs> was simply Jason McIndale who was actually. The jack-o'-lantern but he got possessed by a demon i think that was an in, in inferno which rich are you talking about inferno later or is that a different i will talk about inferno yeah but a okay. different inferno this maybe is, this is the new inferno yeah uh, yes oh, a different inferno yeah okay, which well. i'm curious about too so i'll pick your brain on that but yeah. going back to where we came with basically i've always said when i saw the first movie i'm like 
this feels like a B movie where everybody's in on it and they're just hamming it up, overacting, bad accents, just having a good time. These are good actors. And they've even added an Oscar winning actor. Uh, Andy Serkis is directing this one. And I I just think this is not meant to be. No one's taking this seriously. They're not dumb. These actors know what they're doing. They've seen a bad script. They've seen bad directing. They have all things. I just think they're just having a good time. And I took it how Tom Hardy's treating it. The back and forth, the goofy dialogue between him and the symbiote. They're just hamming it up this is like the odd couple this is like all this crap that just and it's not a good film nobody's gonna say this is a good film but i think it's it's entertaining to some people that maybe could care less about the character of venom which i would say is probably 90 percent of the population of moviegoers so ultimately they're making this for other people than the fan base which seems to be a disconnect from when you get with like modern superhero films they try to connect with the the fan base and capture the heart of it so yeah this is op peter parker's not involved Totally get it. It's just not there. But this was made at a different time before there was a really established relationship with Disney. So it is what it is. We did get Venom already, though, with uh, Topher Grace. So right, I which, which yeah, you know, Rich and I are both kind of shaking our heads. But Rich, I think, and you and I have talked about this offline, that they actually nailed the origin beats in that film, despite that that film, I think I've seen it twice which is rare for me is for this kind of stuff because I like to watch and get nuances. Rich and I are, are this, uh, have some similarities in that way. But this film, I think I watched it. I think I pity purchased it. And I think it sat in my digital vault for like eight years. And then I finally jump back on to watching again. And I'm like, it'll be another eight to 12 years before I have to watch. Then I turned into Todd. I'm like, well, I'm not watching this again for 20 years. Which, um, which one are you talking about? So. Sp- Spider- Spider-Man 3. Oh, boy. I saw yeah. that in theaters. And my God. I did too. Yeah, ditto. Look, yeah, we'll, you said we'll you said that you felt like they touched they they hit the the right beats with the origin, but to me it didn't it didn't quite fit. Now my my thought here was why not take Spider Man to space? Why not have him somehow? Because you've got you if you're going to make Venom, Venom comes from the Beyonder planet. He he's Correct. he's you yeah. know he is he is the costume that that he's, is created for for Spider Man when right. his costume gets all beat up in Secret Wars, yep. and. You don't have to do all that. You don't have to have secret wars, but Spider-Man's been to space in the Avengers movies, right? Right. Delay delay Venom for a couple of years and then have him bring it back, right? No right. Way Home, or not No Way Home, but uh, is it No Way Home, the new one? No, the it was a, coming out, right? Uh, no, the, the new one that's coming out is called No Way Home, right? Yeah, exactly you right. You could have him go to space in that too because he's already done it. It's established that he can do it. Have him go into space. He ends up with a new suit and then you can do your Venom stuff from there. Then or, it makes yeah. sense. Why would, or, he, why would he shoot webs? Why does Venom shoot webs in Venom? Right. Well, it's, or Spider-Man simply. Spider-Man having, having from Ben on uh, Titan, uh, Thanos' home planet in Infinity War, then having been gone from five years, then he comes back. Let's say he it came back in his friggin' backpack or something. I don't know. Yeah, something. You know? Anything. My God. I, I, I'm guessing, I, I think... Like I said, Rich, I think this was all planned well before there was any agreement with Disney and Spider-Man. And we knew how tense that thing was and all the weird agreements. So I think this was something that Sony was just developing because they had no clue. And we know how much of a mess after Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was. Kind of like not a lot of love. And they're like, well, we got to do something with this license. And maybe they thought, well, maybe we can't even make Spider-Man good. So let's pawn it off and do with these other characters um so yeah i i totally get it it's it's just it's just a weird mix um and i don't know what in charlie you'd mentioned there's some things in like 
the teasers and or sorry the the stingers I, and things like I that. I mentioned nothing. Well, I bet you, you said there seems them. like there, people have talked about this could mean so there's something more there, which I'll, I'll be able to speak to once I see the movie. But right. Right. it's going to be a tough one because I don't even know if quite honestly Disney wants Venom in its movies. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I could. I could. It's be, a tough I one, right? Know. It's like, does Disney want Punisher? I don't it's, know. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I th- it, it might. It's, I mean, it's it's a mystery for the ages. There's no. Yeah. About it. <laughs> of course, of course, we're getting a hit monkey cartoon that oh, man, eventually so still went forward. So who I'm knows? Excited. Disney might like everything as long as it makes money. <laughs> da- Daniel yeah. Way wrote. Daniel Way wrote the original Hit Monkey comic, if I'm not mistaken, and he's the guy that made Deadpool. Deadpool. So if you like Deadpool, you're gonna love Hit Monkey. Yeah. More to come, folks. So More check it out. I hope so. We get a uh, Modoc. Season two, because I love oh, that yes. show. Yeah, that w- that would be delightful. All right, moving on. Who wants to tackle this chestnut right here? Well, Rich, uh, I, I imagine you don't want the resident Star Wars fan to answer that question, so you should take it. Oh, sure, I can do it. Uh, so basically, they have they're underway with production of Mandalorian season three, but they actually just gave us a date for Book of Boba Fett. It's Woo! December 29th. And a uh, poster too. Or was it one poster or two posters? I, sure I, I, I saw one, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So is he sitting somewhere? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's sitting. He's sitting. <laughs> you know, there. action sitting. Boba Fett does a lot of sitting. You're not gonna Boba, lie to you. I mean, he sat in the in the pit of the Sarlacc for a long time. You know. Oh, ouch! That hurts. Till, till they decided he needed to be used again. I guess. I, I hope I, that I hope that this is going to really redeem Boba Fett in my eyes because everybody talks about what a badass Boba Fett is, but he never did a damn thing in the movies at all. He right, did nothing. Yeah. He stood there. He glowered, you know, he hung out with the, you know, well, the, the dancers did, at, J- at Jabba's thing, you know, I mean, I mean maybe he, maybe he glowered, but you didn't see behind the helmet. He nodded. True. He nodded he, in that movie. He nodded. Was, he could have the biggest, dumbest smile on his face. He could have been yeah, nodding like, he could have been having a stroke. Jack Jack Nichols, but he could have been yeah, like, right? oh, you know, could've been he could have been, could have yeah. been. I tell you, you know what? A good suit makes anybody look cool. That's true. That's true. Right. Exactly. Correct. Now, I mean, this this article also does say that uh, that they talk they talk about the Last of Us series that's coming to HBO that uh, Pedro Pascal is playing um, Joel in. Holy nice. crap! I'm so excited about. But you've played that, right, Todd? You played. I played both, and I hope it's good. Me too. I want say. this to be good. I want this to be good. <laughs> But anyway, my, that's my, my. that's basically it about the Mandalorian and, and Boba Fett and his book. <laughs> so his book of and I will uh, if I can uh, stick a caveat in here. There's also rap production on Obi Wan and Cassian Andor, the later of which right. being to- Todd's most anticipated series. I know. Yes, that. yes, a story about a guy who we know his end, and, and of course, gonna... everybody that we meet through the series will eventually pop up and meet other people. That's, so did that's you, the intent. Not like the prequel movies either, because you knew how Darth Vader died. Oh, he got you, Rich. I'm not watching anybody. I'm curious. I'm just no. Curious. I, 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 I thought the prequels had a cool look and aesthetic. Yeah, I liked some of the music. I liked they had much better uh, Jedi fights, lightsaber fights. Yeah, I thought definitely. some of the worst dialogue ever, yeah. some of the worst direction ever, <laughs> and the plot ultimately was boring and bland for the majority of it. And I didn't yeah. buy Anakin, and that's the thing. Yeah. So I'm like, that's where I struggled with the prequels. It was like. Hey, we want to tell you everything about something. It's kind of like Wolverine. Right. I don't need to know more about Wolverine's past because it ultimately isn't 
isn't representative of the person he is now. It's his right. journey to get there. But I liked Wolverine with the cool hat with the stogie versus calling him James. You are a young Canadian lad. <laughs> like, hey, you don't need that. It's like, and and, and Darth Vader. I, I didn't know to, to know he had a, a love story and it went wholly wrong and he was yeah. basically misled. I, it did, didn't make me right, think that yeah. the character was that much better. It made me actually feel more diminished about the character, especially wow. as we saw him on the screen and what he kind of did, which was just point and maybe swing a couple lightsabers. Yeah. Well, and, and 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 the ultimate redemption of Darth Vader, obviously being those last you know three minutes at the end of Rogue One, where he's just he's just wrecking shop. Uh, <laughs> you could have left out all the prequels and just showed us that and maintained our love of the character instead of thinking of him as a whiny teen and before that he was a whiny tween. And I just yeah, yeah it's I, it's yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I know there's Star Wars fans that love everything yeah. about it, and and I don't want to yeah. ruffle any feathers. Right. I, I just think with this, I my 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 question was um, in regards to this. Is having a Boba Fett show and then a Mandalorian show potentially right after, is that too much of the th- same thing? You, we, we will find out when we get there. I don't know. The shows yeah. totally may be completely different. You have no, That's true. There, there, there's really no barometer to really know what Book of Boba Fett is going to do. So you can't mm-hmm. really say, like, oh, it's going to be a carbon copy and yada, yada, yada. You can only see what happens when well, you get there. I mean, Mandalorian's so, more of a lone wolf and cub type of an adaptation and i don't see book of boba fett turning into that right because he no he's, you no know, he's he's running a criminal enterprise and he has right. he, he's but, but just his, yeah but just same head. era though same like kind yeah. of time frame because we haven't had a lot of that where it's repeated time frame it's typically been years before years after they haven't followed True. in sequence if this right. is going to be boba's fett's past it's still going to be in that post jedi era i assume right i mean yeah, it seems maybe, like it I mean, potentially, but, you know, Star Trek shows ran concurrently and they managed to, with varying degrees of success, uh, still maintain good storytelling. And again, you know, when I look at Star Trek and I look at Star Wars, you know, if I look at Star Trek, you see the map behind me. It's just, it's this galaxy, but it's like this little piece right here. When you look at Star Wars, it's a galaxy, but it's everything. So there's like, and they describe, you know, Star Wars as being tens of thousands of star systems and blah, 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 and this rich tapestry, this and that. So you're right. It stands to reason that they could really break out and do something really very uniquely different and go to different corners. And I have this wild theory that when I told this to Mark over on Holocron, he was like, I've never seen that show. I kind of feel like if you look at the Star Wars galaxy, there's maybe just a potential that one tiny little piece of it is where Battlestar Galactica took place. That's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> why, why not? Sure. Why not? Because they're not bound by the same company. <laughs> I, but they no, are they are connected by the Tommy Westfall stuff, guys. Don't forget. I yes, will true. I will I will quote both Mark and Rich who have said it differently. Head cannon, my friend. Head So cannon. I will I will ask both of you what's the most exciting thing that you're looking forward in Star Wars with everything it's announced. I being at someone as you can see from my uh, accoutrement, I love the X Wing era. I'm looking forward to that squadrons film down the road okay. by Patty Jenkins. That's the one for me. That's funny. That's exactly what I'm looking forward to. Is Woo, cool. Yeah. I want to see what she does with that because yeah. she's a good director and I'd love right. to see what she comes up with. Absolutely. So yeah. And that, that is the next, that is the only film that is on the slide. Correct. So and mistaken. we don't even have a date, right? Is it 2024? Uh, 2024, 2024, 25. Yeah. So yep. we have a, we have a year. That's something. It's a long gap. <laughs> oh, well, gap. Um, so, I am most looking forward to the Acolyte because it's an era, and just like right. Squadrons, it's an era that we have just not seen before. So very excited about Agreed. that. 
Agreed, agreed. All right, moving on. I, 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 I'm even afraid to touch this one. Oh, so, God. Todd, Todd, I think it's your turn. Uh, oh, to attack, yes. To attack this, this one with this with the dispassion of a ah uh, uh, yes, uh, a non fervent Star Trek fan, which would not be rich in myself. Oh man, I tell you, man, the chat. He was all over things TV. I mean, we had T.J. Hooker. Then what was it? Rescue nine one one. Right. Then right, right. he's like, "What else can I do?" He's yeah, like, "I'm right. going to create my own Star Sci Fi universe." because i am william shatner so i'm gonna make tech war tech war guys which <laughs> i think started off as a book too. series yeah. was yep, it a book yep, series yep. first then became comics then actually became a tv series and, and actually found its way into uh the Simpsons parlance that they were talking to. It was the Board of Education. It was Principal Skinner. Somebody's questioning me. And he said, the children haven't even gotten to the Tech War books. <laughs> <laughs> so Tech War, apparently, oh, uh, it, it essentially takes place in 2043, which is more than 50 years in the future when Putnam began publishing the novels. The story follows former Los Angeles police detective Jake Cardigan. <laughs> Ooh, he's got a great sweater. He's got, but who needs a sweater? Who needs a sweater in Los Angeles? Is it cold? Man? Yes. Uh, uh, he, he doesn't have a sweater. He just he's very very her suit, and so when he doesn't have a shirt on, he looks like he's wearing a sweater. That's why he's called. So, oh, so he is he is the bare naked lady song, the hair shirt, the hair sure, shirt. That's wear. right. Yeah. Uh, yes. So he was framed for selling an illegal bio digital microchip that works like a mind altering drug. The chip is especially dangerous as it could become a virus that would spread and destroy society. Oh, the pitch it. of the new so the pitch of the new Trek War series is that it's a mixed reality series. That means that while the creators aim for it to be enjoyable on its own, viewers are can participate in the show using mobile device apps oh, to God. further immerse themselves in the universe and story and this never works <laughs> oh my oh bound oh, for man. disaster maybe if shatner doesn't die before this come on he will came <laughs> yeah i mean wow. he's like he's like elton john he will find a way into anything no matter how old he is just to stay in the zeitgeist just to and make money <laughs> i mean hey, seriously i mean don't be smirched jo- elton john man I, I adore Elton John. I've been an Elton John fan for, for 30 years, but here's a guy who is, you know, was on the Grammys with, you know, Eminem, uh, who was notoriously uh, homophobic in the early 2000s. I mean, yeah. he's looking to be out there and to make money. So, I, And he just yeah. did a commercial with Little Nas X for Uber Eats. Right? <laughs> Give him credit for making yeah, money. Not not but, William Shatner. But Elton John. But Elton, <laughs> yeah. John. Elton John, yes. yes so absolutely. there you go. Uh, yeah, and by the way, he just actually released, is releasing a new album, and he is doing a duet with Stevie Wonder. Very oh, crazy. Oh, hold on. I'm going to have to get that shit on my Amazon yep. Prime, so keep talking. Yes. i got to look it up. There you go. Well, that is it for the news this week. So if you're uh, looking forward to Tech War, more is coming because you've oh, been waiting God. a long time. Oh, but God. you know what? Uh, you know what? While no we're one. waiting – no one has been looking forward to it. <laughs> While we're waiting, we might as well have a drink at our favorite geek establishment, and that's the Geek Easy. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, cover bands playing, our drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on, like Donkey Kong. We start off with our uh, esteemed Richard. Uh, Rich, you got a couple things to talk about. One I'm really interested in. Well, I'm interested in both, but the one I'm like curious about is goes back to my X-Men past. Right on, right on. Well, we'll start with that one then. The first thing is okay. Inferno, that Jonathan or Jonathan Hickman's uh, <laughs> exit from the Marvel or the X-Men universe, I think. He is doing a four-issue miniseries called Inferno. It's not the old Inferno with 
uh, Sim, Madeline Spear, Pryor, right? Madeline Pryor, yeah, the demon, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, You're not yeah. not even giving me a love for my fucking disco inferno over here, dude. Dude, thank do, you, do, Charlie. Burn, baby, burn. Okay, good, good work, man. Good work. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate but it. Charlie's, it's, it's, Charlie's, Charlie's, <laughs> Charlie got to the geek easy before we apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charlie's been pre gaming, um, <laughs> but uh, but the, but Inferno, this Inferno is it just started this week. There's past week. And it is basically all the well-laid plans of Krakoa starting to unravel with the arrival of a certain uh, former or not. Well, yeah, former member of the Brotherhood and and the arrival of a certain character that started off the whole thing, the whole uh, Jonathan Hickman. I don't want to give too much away because so, it just came out. It's fantastic. Yeah. So I saw Rich. I will tell you. I read Powers of X. Yeah. Uh, was it Powers it's of X? House of X and Powers of Ten. Correct. I read those, and we get Charlie and actually were at C two E two when they announced Hickman sure. was taking this over. They announced, "I'm like, this looks really cool, very different." The the those miniseries essentially kicked off a new status quo for the X Men with Krakoa, uh, yep. basically being able to resurrect mutants, uh, basically then using the parts of Krakoa that essentially were miracle drugs that they could sell off to eventually make themselves a self-sufficient nation. Right. Um, which is kind of the premise. And then they could create doorways to go different places and eventually essentially creating what mutants have always wanted, especially Magneto, a place where mutants could be safe. Uh, kind of like asteroid was asteroid M asteroid. M the one place. Thing. Now you've got, yeah. now you've got Araco, the planet. They, they terraformed Mars. What? Yeah, they, it's crazy. They, they use the Krakoan stuff to uh, to terraform Mars, pl- along with you know powers of certain X Men, Omega Men. It's Omega I mean, Hi- mutants. oh yeah, okay. I mean, Hickman is known for doing just really long, long. He has a plan. Yep, it's coming to fruition. He did that with the Fantastic Four. He's done that with some other books. Um, so I've heard a little bit about Inferno. Apparently, has to do with, and I, I will spoil this because I heard this rumor about Mystique trying to bring bring back uh, 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 Destiny. Right. Yes. Is yep. that the premise? That is the, that is the mutant that arrives. Yeah, destiny. Okay. Now they, she was excluded from the from the resurrection protocols because of her ability to see the future. Because we remember in the powers powers of X house or uh, powers of ten house of X miniseries, Maura McTaggart was revealed to be a mutant. Right. Correct. One of my issues with it was was that if she had been a mutant all this time, how was she not discovered? by charles xavier well that's xavier. kind of explained in okay that, uh you know she's part of her part of her ability is to hide from other mutants sure but she lives multiple lives yes. and if destiny gets a hold of that information or if destiny is able to see what's going on she'll know what their plan is eventually now the resurrection protocols are not known to the outside world nobody knows that the x-men can resurrect nobody knows that the x-men can um can come back and those secrets are starting to come out. Destiny is back. That's one of the things that, that they, that they even say, you know, this is one of those things that we need to be worried about. They try to get mystique off the quiet council because they're worried about what she's, what her plan is. And it's all starting to come crumbling down, which I think is fantastic because that's Hickman's deal. You know, there's there's going to be a very Mm -hmm. big datamont to this and I can't wait. The first issue was fantastic. Very cool, and, and and with Marvel Unlimited, they're now only three months behind. Yeah, uh, I did want to read the what was it the 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 mutant gala, the Hellfire Gala, which was very fun. Oh yeah, there, the was, a, there thing, was a murder yeah. at the gala. So I need to read those yeah. books. So so someone who's lapsed, 
I kind of have read a couple of the the series since Powers. So where should I get back in at? Um, I would say start from the Hellfire Gala because at that Perfect. point you don't have a whole lot left to go before you start getting to Inferno or at least the build up to Inferno. There's also the trial of Magneto that's going on right now. Uh, Leah Williams and I forget the artist, but uh, but Leah Williams is the writer, the writer of X Factor. He is accused of murdering the uh, the Scarlet Witch. Ooh, yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I, I always not related to him at this point, so I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I always struggle with the, the X Men because there's always so many books that it's yeah. just like I don't know which ones are good, and so yeah, I'll I'll start there and I'll work my way back if I'm interested in something else. But I like to just kind of like jump in, like the old days when Definitely. we when you, all of us were going to the the spinner rack and saying that looks cool, pick yeah, it up, right? and it's like yeah. I don't know what happened 300 issues before, but I'm just jumping in. So ironically, that was my first exposure to the X Men wasn't even was in the Inferno series that double-sized issue of uh, of x-men 242 or 243 i think it was with um with madeline Pryor on the cover holding up the uh, the baby and yeah so cool nathan nathan christopher charles summers who would be Kim Cable. Kim. So, yep, very cool awesome yeah so are we going down the line or do you want me to get you both of mine go go ahead okay so the other one is it's 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 spooky month right it's hot it's Ooh, october man october is here that's right. This is my this is my my wheelhouse. And every year, except for last year because of the pandemic, my wife and I go to a little ditty in uh, in Orlando at Universal Studios called Halloween Horror Nights. This year is the 30th anniversary, and they're doing wow. it up big time. Wow, nice! So I will be traveling to uh, well, Florida's Florida's newest uh, newest uh, theme park, COVID Land. To, uh, to Covania, yeah, to to go to the Halloween Horror Nights thing, and I'm 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 excited about this, but I'm also a little nervous because of COVID. I will be wearing a mask. I'll be you know doing all the things that we're supposed to do, you know, socially distancing as much as I can, and of course we'll take tests when we get back. But uh, HHN is fantastic. They have they have uh, basically themed horror houses about 10 each year. They used to be eight, but now they're up to 10 and then scare zones throughout the, uh, throughout the theme park that you walk through. And then they have themed foods and they have rides that are open, but then they also have a couple shows. We're going to kind of pick and choose what we're going to do because, you know, we don't want to get stuck into a giant, you know, stadium full of, you know, potential, you know, COVID. Well, well, let's, let's call them plague rats. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, but we are, but we are going, so we're going to go. And this is the first time in two years, so we're very excited. So that's, that's the other thing I'm geeking out about is that. Very cool. I, I hope yeah. you share a lot of pictures, Rich. I, I, I really want to see what the, the park looks like and all that Absolutely. kind of stuff. That's yeah, very I'll, cool. I'll take some pictures. I'll make, make some videos or whatever. I'll share them out. Absolutely. Nice. Good deal. Cool. cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right, Oxy, Oxy, Cotton, it's you. Oh my goodness. Uh, so I am fresh off the first episode of the Squid Game. Oh, so, in the famous Todd watches one episode. All right. No, 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 no. I, I'm not that guy anymore, Charlie. I, not oh. I haven't been that guy in a long time. I, uh, I, I continue to watch them. My pacing really? is just slower than most, but I do continue to watch unless it's like eh, just not for me. Um, Squid Game is all the rage on Netflix. Apparently, it's going to be their number one show passing uh, Bridgerton. 
which I didn't watch, but has the sexy, sexy man we, in the we, times. We wa- yeah, we watched the first episode of that, and it's you know that's more April Speed than Is mine. That the but classic I, Charlie watches the first episode. That's right. He's that back. Would be, that would be, well, you know what? But I had a co-conspirator in the wife, so I'm that, there. We go. Accessory, yeah. accessory after the fact. Yeah. Me. So, uh, but yeah, this is their original show. I'm not sure if they actually made this or they just imported it. It's a Korean show. Uh, it is, it is uh, dubbed. If you don't want to read uh, subtitles and listen to the original language, the dub is a little goofy, but mm-hmm. that's okay. I just kind of seen what they do on screen and just taking it from there. So it, it's got a little bit of. Mm, but it's like if you watch anime or other things like that, it, you know that the dialogue, the, the, the culture and everything like that. It doesn't always, the localization doesn't always work very well, but this one, it's just the concept. The concept of squid game is about this level loser, divorced dad, living at home with his mom, uh, essentially, um, cannot make any money. He owes a lot of money to the mob cause he's got a bad gambling habit. Uh, his daughter is, uh, is, is basically going to move with, her uh, father-in-law and uh, sorry, uh, stepdad and the mother to the U.S. So the dad's like, his mom's getting mad. It's like, you gotta get your daughter. You gotta, you know, make something of yourself. But his gambling habit just gets in the way. He just can't do anything right. And then he meets this one guy in a subway, and they're talking and they bet. And the guy basically says, "Well, you don't have any money, but every time I win, I get to hit you." So like, like, so this guy is such a loser. He's like, okay, I'll do anything for money. <laughs> he eventually, he takes like him. I mean, he's just getting beat the crap, the crap beat out of him. Having, you know, he's just so frustrating. He finally wins and he feels like a winner. He gets money. He gets a card from the gentleman and says, come see me if you're interested in doing more uh, bets. So <laughs> yeah, it just, and then it just kind of goes on there. And basically he's finally calls the guy and says, okay, I really want to make some money. That's where this thing gets weird. So uh, I don't want to give too much away, but essentially he wakes up along with 456 other people wearing track suits. And these people in masks basically said, um, you're going to be uh, able to play a game, uh, actually six games. And if you win, you'll be rewarded. Uh, and people are, well, you've been, you've captured us. How will I know if you actually want to pay us? Well, we paid you when we did the bet to find you. Uh, we do this, and then people getting started getting mad, and they actually show like all why all these people are here and what they've got on the line. And this is essentially if they can make it through six games, they will essentially become financially solvent, which is a big part of this. So the first episode is about one game, and it is a simple game, but the stakes are very very high. Is all I will say. Um, a lot of people are are not aware what the stakes are truly are, even though they signed a contract. Um, all of the people that are uh, capturing them are wearing masks, so their identities are held. And you see this essentially, this one game master wearing this really dark black mask. Looks very cool. And he's just watching this from afar. Um, it's intriguing. I'm like, I don't know what the end game is, but it is violent, uh, the first episode. But not like over-the-top violent. It just, I would say, it's it's interesting, and I'm curious where the premise goes. It's nine episodes long, but the episodes are not an hour long, which is longer than I expected. So... Hmm. If you're interested in something unique and it's all the buzz right now, I check it out. I, I I think it's just it's it's curious how what the game what the next games will be where this goes. Kind of feels like a Hunger Games if if you want to take that or Battle Royale if you're into uh, anime and manga. Oh yeah, 
Right on. It's it, it's very buzzy. Uh, again, my <laughs> my friend Miranda's fourteen year old daughter uh, spoiled this for me on TikTok because I was there the other day, and she's like, "You seen Squid Game? No. Are you going to watch Squid Game? Probably not. Well, here's how it ends, and there's a TikTok of it, and I'm like, "Oh, that's delightful." <laughs> I just another th- reason th- to hate but, but, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok, TikTok is not the answer, um, but yeah, you're right. It's it's incredibly buzzy. They were talking about it on, uh, I think, on Suggestible, which is one of the Weekly Planet podcasts that I follow really closely. Uh, so it sounds crazy, but yeah, very violent and very visceral. Yeah. Um, so it sounds it sounds interesting. I, I can't lie to you. So there there's a certain amount definitely. of intrigue. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, into this. I, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm check it out, Rich. That. I mean, it's it's definitely a yeah. show that I think you might like, Charlie. No, you're not big into like subtitles and stuff it does have a different feel I, to it but it, I, if you're I, curious I, I i literally watch every show with subtitles except for the news so you would be incorrect <laughs> okay well i mean there you go then check it out um just like the I, news <laughs> I love, I, i'm sorry i just i just had I, I love it when todd comes out on the show and makes an assumption about something i would like and then i can just poke a hole in it it's fun well we'll watch it and let me know right well you watch it and let me know because you've watched one episode Rich, I don't know what to do. Oh, well, let's move on. Let's move on. My assumption is unproved because Charlie won't prove it one way or the other. He'll just, uh, he'll, what is it? I what, what do they do when they go to Congress and they don't vote? Presence. It's a filibuster. Filibuster. Yeah. It's a filibuster. I abstain. I abstain from this. Uh, yeah. So uh, watch it. It's really interesting. Check it out. I'll be curious to see where it goes. Hopefully it does pay off. Uh, then what right. if? Uh, what if is episode seven? We're getting eight, eight is the finale. Yes, correct. We Finally, think. we've solved we, it, Charlie. We, There's eight episodes. Every we, episode he's like, how many we, are there? We don't know. Do we do we finally like take that down? Do I have to Google it again? Okay, if you say so, it's your it's your deal. It's well, your deal. next week's the finale, apparently, and this was episode seven, so eight is where we end. Um, yeah, so this <laughs> this is essentially, I feel like it's finally bringing together the whole series. We were given a preview of what this episode would be out last week, which is interesting. Which is essentially, what if Vision had become Ultron and then mm. taken all of the Infinity Gems and decided to be curious and have his wrath happen so brutal brutal rich you've seen it too have you no, watched it no i've watched okay. the first two episodes i think i watched oh, okay up to the okay i won't spoil anything okay that's yeah. okay I'm, i mean I'm, I'm gonna i'm not worried about spoilers i'm a little disappointed that they're that they're bringing it all together i thought yeah what if comic isn't like a bring it all no together yeah thing, yeah because you're right and and you know in in 50 years of doing what if they've never brought anything together. So I, I agree with you, but, but obviously this is, it's based around the MCU as opposed to traditional continuity. So in some ways that might lend itself a little bit more to the connection, but anyway, Todd, expect, I think. It, it is what people expect. You're correct. Yeah. I think this is what take the premise of this is almost like an Elseworlds tale versus what if in a way I feel it's more like that yeah. than, than anything else, um, yeah. but it's, but still interesting. Uh, really, uh, a lot of interesting battles, really cool. They did some really interesting things. I'll just say one little spoiler, Rich. So there's a battle where reality gets is changing with every punch. So it's almost like the world changes every punch. I'm like, that is a cool dynamic. And I didn't expect that. And I think that's what a cool part of what this animation style does and what they can do with animation. Cause the budget is unlimited to do one thing or the other. Basically I can either make a guy sitting on a park bench or I can make a, you know, an alien planet. It's the same amount right. of money to yeah. do so, which I love. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. So 
I, uh, like I said, I am curious to see what they do next. We've got some alliances forming and we'll see where this goes. And apparently we're getting a season two. So I don't know if it will be like season two carries on or it'll be like, nope, it's going to be a new fresh start and we'll play it again. We're, we're still what if in our way through it. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, very, very, very fired up for the conclusion, which we'll see next one. I, and, Todd will be able We'll be able to talk about next week in addition to talk about Venom. Yay! Charlie, I think we're going to get, though, I think this is, and Rich, this might be a spoiler because I'm just coming up with this. I think we're going to find out, like, Howard the Duck is key to all this. He's going to be the key. I mean, hasn't it always been the way? Without a doubt. He makes a second Uh, appearance is all I'm saying. So he's in this one quite a bit. Once you go duck, you never have bad luck. I don't know. Exactly. You don't run out of luck. You don't run out of luck. All right, I'm 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 taking the reins. Uh, and Rich, I'm going to lean on uh, you just a little bit about this one because you saw this as one. The Many Saints of Newark. Now, April yeah. and I have been watching The Sopranos for the first time. Mm-hmm. Sopranos uh, aired between 1999 and 2007 on HBO. Very revered. Certainly, I'd heard bits and pieces about it over the years, but I had no frame of reference to really understand what the show is about beyond the basic premise that, hey, it's a mob family and, you know, in, in modern day New Jersey, yada, 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 the trials and tribulations, et cetera. Um, so hopped into this movie, been seeing the trailers for months. You're seeing a portrayal of a young uh, Tony Soprano, who is the main character in the show. Uh, I, interestingly enough, played by his uh, his son and, uh, you know, James Gallofini, the actor, passed away in 2013. Uh, so this is, this is you know, a, quite a, a fitting homage uh, for him to play the same character. Uh, when we get to the movie, I'm like, we were going to go see in the theater and plans change and it's on HBO Max, which means, you know, just about anybody can watch it because just about everybody has HBO Max, it seems, or access to it. Uh, so we're sitting down and we're watching this maybe Friday night. April's working late, but we're both on the couch. Uh, and I'm like, uh, yes, I'm going to see young Tony Soprano and see how he comes to be and what's his motivation. And the story was absolutely 75% not about that. It was about a previously uh, unrevealed character who was the deceased father of one of the characters in the show. Well, unfortunately, because I haven't finished the show, it was revealed to me that the son character was murdered uh, by oh, yeah, Tony. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, what the fuck? Oh, okay. Well, you know what? No deaths in The Sopranos are surprising. It's like it's like big pussy. You knew he was going to get killed. We're spoiling uh, the hell out of Sopranos. Yeah, do I have I, to? Do I have to like bleep that? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think so because maybe he was just a pussy cat. Don't. That's know. his proper. That's his proper name. Yeah, that's that his was name, a, but it's not what you think. Apparently, it's it's yeah, something else. So. Exactly. So I mean, characters got killed left and right in the show. So it was it was very commonplace. But mm-hmm. um, I was just watching this with a thought of, well, why doesn't this feel anything like? The trailer did, which I felt like a coming of age story of the Tony Soprano character in the late in the mid to late nineteen seventies. Um, instead, 60s. it was it was well, it started in the sixties, segued into the seventies because it was started in sixty seven, and then it jumped forward to seventy three, seventy five, whatever is where Tony was a teenager, and you know you saw younger versions of of yeah. Sill and Polly Walnuts and Carmela and, and other characters in the show. Um, massive letdown, and again, much like with Venom. I was sleeping at one point because I was so bored. Wow. Um, no, I Charlie, really, are you narcoleptic? <laughs> uh, I did. Uh, you said a lot of, a lot of things. <laughs> uh, I, 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 but I just, uh, I was, I was not engaged. And then uh, rich, I know I don't want to, um, I don't want to kind of poop all over the fact that, that your episode of, of, 
of View from the Couch comes out uh, long before this episode drops. But you also had a chance to dissect this with uh, mm-hmm. with our contributor Aaron. What yeah. what what what's your take? I'm actually going to reserve my take for people that might want to listen to that. Oh. <laughs> it comes out tomorrow. It actually comes out tomorrow. Right, but this episode does not come out. It comes out Friday. Friday. Oh, it comes so. out Friday? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, okay. go nuts. Go right. nuts. So I liked it. Okay. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I okay. felt like it was more of an episode than a movie. And like, just like Star Trek. The, the, right. TNG, the right. TNG movies always felt like an, a long episode. Yeah. Yep, exactly. It felt it felt like a long episode. And you you said that the, you said that uh, Dickie Moltisanti was not previously revealed. That actually he is. We know who he is. We know of his fate. We know uh, something of him because we know well, that we he did, is. Tony's, you're right. No, he's Tony's favorite uncle. The, the right mentioned we, with you know great reverence. We do, and I know yep. that that his death, the TV trays, that was mentioned right. in an episode in season three, which was we saw yep. not far before. But yep. I just, you're right. I was more teed up for the coming of age story of Tony Soprano, but perhaps that was too pedestrian. Yeah, that uh, was a, that was a takeaway for me as well. That that yeah, that Tony's Tony, it was pitched as Tony's story, and it was not Tony's story. This is yeah, the Altisanti story, and that's and I, fine. But don't maybe pitch it, it one way, you know. Yeah, yeah, maybe that, that maybe that's what really rubbed me the wrong way. But you know, Rich, being that I very much respect your opinion about films, you're the guy. So mm-hmm. maybe this deserves another peek. I don't know. Well, so I mean, you know, it's sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I, I just have not seen The Sopranos. So, Rich, from your perspective. This is a prequel to the series. Mm-hmm. Is it a scenario where you really should watch the series and be familiar with it before you see this? Yes, because they're going yep. to have characters that you won't know who they are unless you have seen the series. Sure. And, and the other things that you'll miss out, like um, uh, Olivia's um, performance. Um, God, what's her name? The lady from the Conjuring movies. Oh, Verna Farmiga. Yeah. Verna Farmiga, yeah. She plays Tony's mother as a younger woman. And she, you know, we, we say this in our show too, but she very much studied that person's portrayal and mm-hmm. her facial expressions, her movements, her looks, all very much like the elder version of that character. And I'll say this, Michael Gandolfini is a fantastic actor. What he did with his little screen time as he had, he looks just like James Gandolfini. There's a moment in, I want to say the third act of the film, when he is talking on the phone, he's trying to get his uncle Dickie to get him beer for this right, party. Right? right. And one of his friends makes a snide comment and he side eyes him yeah, and you see James Gandolfini in it. You nice. See every look that he's ever given, like somebody that's pissed him off. And, what did you and, just say to me? What right. Did you that's just exactly. Say to me? Yeah. Exactly. And, and in that moment, you see, you know, I want to say present day, but future Tony Soprano. Right. And it's it's amazing. I mean, really good stuff. Really good stuff. So they didn't pull a Sofia Coppola. No. No. Ah, <laughs> no. uh, Godfather oh, Three. No, You're horrible. No, no. So anyway, everybody, uh, if you've not uh, followed uh, Rich's feed over on Very cool. the couch, please go for it. Um, Rich does great work. Uh, both Todd and I have been on the show several times. We love uh, the interaction because uh, 
Rich usually does the show with his wife Jen. She's on hiatus right now, um, but yeah, we love doing it. And Rich, Rich is a great uh, film aficionado, so tune in. Yeah, you both are actually coming up in in a couple of weeks. Charlie, you're right. next week, and Todd Woo. the week after that. Malik, ah, cannot wait. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Love love working with Rich. All right, and then real quick because we're running a little short on time. Uh, I have finally dipped back into, and again, I, I'll collaborate with Rich on this because he's been re- he reads as well. Uh, Amazing Spider Man. I let my subscription lapse a while back when I realized I wasn't reading them. Uh, so I went ahead and got caught up with the last probably five or six issues. Uh, I was telling Rich I I jumped into the uh, I got out of the, the the tablet saga and I got into the uh, the chameleon conspiracy, which mm-hmm. had to, which brought back the character of. Teresa Parker, who was uh, Peter Parker's long lost sister, she was uh, she was a child that Richard Mary Parker had before Peter was born, and before obviously before they died. Uh, and then talking about the finisher, who's a character who I wasn't that familiar with, and boy, isn't that a dirty name? And I don't really want to get too deep into that. Um, but uh, you know, Rich, you said to me initially this arc was was kind of boring. Uh, I can't necessarily disagree. I thought the tablet thing was kind of a snoozer, even though it yeah. did bring it did bring the the boom the the arc with the boomerang character. Uh, to, to kind of fruition and kind of ended that, that but, but that's going to come around though that that boomerang thing's going to come around by the oh end. no ah look at oh, you oh Rich. Richard it's come true. on now come, come on. on now but anyway what what I, I did wasn't like, going to do that come on what I did like and I think the most recent issue I finished was probably sixty five because again I'm following it through Marvel Unlimited it does give me pause to to kind of jump back in and potentially resubscribe though mm-hmm. i i feel like if i did that i'd regret it because i wouldn't read them and it'd be a waste of money but uh no issue 65 gave us back uh the it was like the 80s fest it was the character of slide who was the guy in the all-white suit with the goggles yeah he, he's, he's like a greased pig he's all <laughs> slimed up and he just slides around so i'm like oh that's asm 272 i remember that issue right. and then we find out that ned leeds who was not the original hobgoblin but is a heritage spider-man character actually faked his own death back in the 80s in Spider-Man and Wolverine number one, where he was fall- he was dressed as a hobgoblin, killed, not actually a hobgoblin, but prior to that, was wearing the <laughs> suit, drank some goblin serum, right. died, was buried, survived, resurrected himself, spent all the years in between doing something that he can't <laughs> talk haven't about. Gotten there yet. Yeah, they haven't gotten there And yet. then he has knocked up Betty Brandt, and they're back together, and she's having his kids. So right. I was like, I'm in. I like it. It's good. It's great intrigue. So I was, think this was a plot line from Days of Our Lives. <laughs> it was. Days of Our Lives with web swinging and punching. So yeah. that's fun. I, I, I'm in debt. Rich, you and I can have further conversations if you think I should drop a couple of quatloos and, and maybe get into the Sinister War early. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll lean on you for that one. I'll, I'll, I'll see what you think about it. Or if you buy the comics, maybe you want to toss me the codes. I don't know. I mean, I've got some codes. I don't use All them right. Give, give. Yeah, Sharing is caring, Charlie, right? Uh, Sharing what what, what what did the orange one say? Uh, what is it? Not sin qua not. That's with, with uh, that without we not. It was a quid pro quo uh, vis a vis. All right, I I won't invoke the name of the orange one. I don't know where I'm this is going. I don't either. I have no idea what's going on here. Okay, very good. Moving on. Uh, that is the <laughs> that's the end of the segment. No, we're moving on. Uh, we're paying our tab, or maybe we're skipping out depending on how poor the service was. Uh, and we're hopping in another cab, and we're getting off. To a Thunderdome to entertain the mutants with week two of Shocktober. So let's do it. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. 
Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, they are sure to be entertained with week two of Shocktoberfest. Uh, my goodness. Uh, Charlie picked this one. Uh, so this is a uh, blame Charlie, even if you enjoyed it. Blame him. Uh, I, I feel it, like I'm having an out-of-body experience. When the hell did I pick this movie? You did. It was your pick. You said oh. Wicker Man. And <laughs> I, I think... I was sure it was a Nick Cage one with the bees. I feel like I've been I've been so, swaggled. I've been I've been I've been sucked down into the depths. <laughs> so that's a, that's a, that's that's 2022. We'll watch the we'll watch Wicker Man two, Electric oh, Boogaloo, oh, the 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 Wickering. I don't know what we're gonna call it. The Wickering uh, <laughs> with, with Nick Cage. Knock do Scooby Doo. Yes. So we watched Wicker Man uh, from 1973. It's about a Puritan police sergeant who arrives in a Scottish island village in search of a missing girl whom the locals claim never exist. Directed by Robin Hardy. Screenplay by Anthony Schaefer. Produced by Peter Snell. Starring Edward Woodward, the equalizer. The equalizer uh, himself. <laughs> Britt Eklund, Diane Clianto, Ingrid Pitt, and Christopher Lee and his beautiful quaff. And that uh, that uh, frilly lace cravat uh, cannot be denied in any way, Ooh. shape, or form. In the kilt, yeah. Oh, I loved it. Cravat, I he loved had the it. Cravat and the kilt on too. That was he was a, he was a he was a fashion plate worthy only of Outlander, another show that Todd won't watch. This is one of his uh, favorite roles that he really. Did. Yep, really. Oh, yeah, very cool. It was a reserved role. I mean, yeah. excluding everything and the way this movie. And, and let's just let's just get into this. So this movie. Um, I will say at first, after watching it, did not feel like a horror film at all. Okay. It just did not have any real gore. Sure. Uh, there was some fisticuffs a little bit. It was weird. Yeah. Um, but this movie definitely took advantage of being a European film uh, with enjoying the nudity. <laughs> Holy yeah, there cow. There were a lot of boobies in this, weren't there? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, folks, if you do not want to show your children uh, nudity, or if you don't want to hear them talk about other religions and their their love of fertility rituals, uh, you should <laughs> skip this movie because that's what this movie is about. Um, yeah, so this is interesting. It kicks off this, you know, Edward Woodward. Uh, you see him flying in, very picturesque in this 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 seaplane uh, as this weird folk music is the best way to put it about boughs of har uh, of uh, barley, barley and, yep. <laughs> and i had the subtitles on just to see what they were saying i'm like it's, it's wow these are some like great when lyrics. you when you kissed a girl the first time in the in the uh the exactly fields, you know a lot of double entendres i think in the lyrics at times um but yeah it was just very very folksy uh they're flying in any lands in this village and it's basically an island and things just start seeming awry when he yeah. gets there and he has to get into the village and they do not seem excited about letting him in. He'd have to get a dinghy. He asked for a dinghy. Can I have a dinghy, please? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And just the allegories all start right there. Give me a dinghy. I need a dinghy. So they're like, nope, you can't come in. It's private property. The, the what was it? The, uh, the, the Lord, Lord uh, Summerall, yep. Summerall uh, has to approve it. So, and then. That, that was all an act. That was all play. Essentially, they were, yes. They were all in on it, right? So it was, that was just a pretend. Kind of, yeah. So we basically then this becomes almost like a mystery. Police detective is interrogating, trying to see who this girl was. Rowan uh, Morrison was that her name? Rowan Morrison. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got it. And he's just and it just something seems off about the silent. It kind of reminds me of Hot Fuzz. 
<laughs> Hot Fuzz had a lot of inspiration from this movie, actually. Wow. So did Midsummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You can kind of feel, yeah, Midsummer about this mm-hmm. kind of weird countryside with mm-hmm. weird rituals and Hot Fuzz, where cops go up to this 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 seemingly idealistic village, and mm-hmm. something seems a little off when you get yeah. there. So it's yeah, a uh, so cop, in fact, yeah, like oh like, yeah, so you got that that very like well, you said puritanical, right? That's oh yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's uh, engaged, very religious. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we go through this, we, we kind of see how that plays in basically uh, a view of religion, old world and new world. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, I I said, I think one time in our chat, we were kind of talking like, was this a musical? Because it <laughs> seems like this is a musical. It is. It's like, well, it's all, this is the end of sequel to hair. Yeah. This was, uh, it was just Britt Eklund and her uh, absolutely voluminous nudity, uh, dancing and smacking the walls. And then the next morning, she's like, I wanted you to come to me last night. Wink. I'm like, that. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was, and she was dubbed too. That was, she has a Swedish accent. That was, my oh, really? Okay. Interesting. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. No. What I loved about the music at the beginning, especially, you know, you're talking about the, the you know, when I first kissed the girl, blah, 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 right? That plays directly into the whole theme of the movie, right? Like he is there because of his his puritanical beliefs. He's there because he is a, an arm of the law. He represents the king and he's there because he's a virgin. He's there. This is the law. Rich, this is like the longest of the long cons. Right, exactly. <laughs> they okay, so they planned this. They it, of course. What, what I mean, that, is, well, and that, okay. Spoilers, guys. Yeah. Uh, we are going to go in spoilers in this movie yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah We're spoil I mean, a fifty-year-old movie, guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. But yeah, buckle up. It's going to be okay. But yeah. yes, to your point, Rich. It, this is was all planned, as mm-hmm. we find out at the very end of the movie. Yeah. Even Rowan's uh, mystery disappearance was planned, and and she they they go to pretend that they're going to sacrifice her. He goes to rescue her, and of course she's she goes along with it until she leads him directly to the people that are going to grab him and stick him in the wicker man and light him on fire. So, Ooh, my but, goodness, that was but, quite a conclusion. But what I love about this movie so much, if I can, is that this movie that the the writer and the director, well the. The director is actually a co-writer on the film as well, but the writer and the director both saw this as a condemnation of the counterculture movement. The idea that you could bring, you could, that you could run around naked, right? That you could be a hippie and like do whatever, right? And the, the thing that I love about this movie is that the counterculture movement adopted this film as, look, see, this is, this is us rejecting the old and bringing in the new, which of course is the old still, right? The older old, but still, you know. What's old is new, like like fashion. I mean, new, you see all these right. 90s fashions coming back right now. Absolutely, That's- absolutely. Yeah, definitely. This is exactly like that. But there is a, <laughs> there is, there is a, there's a scene in the longer cut. There's three cuts of this movie. There is the original cut or the theatrical cut, which is this. It's about 86 minutes long, 88 minutes long. There is the extended version, which is 100 minutes long, and then there's the director's preferred cut, which is 95 minutes long. The preferred and the extended have a scene where you see Sergeant Howie on the mainland, and you realize that it's not all just about like his religion. It's, it's him being like this word of the law kind of a guy, right? He sees a uh, some, some uh, graffiti that says Jesus saves, and he, he orders people to remove it. And 
And you, I mean, you kind of get this feel right off the bat why they brought him in there, but it also bogs the movie down a little bit. So I see why they cut it. I don't know. This movie's been cut to shreds by the by the producers against the director's wishes, which you know, I guess that's a that is a it's a shame. But to to speak to your point, Todd, you said this doesn't feel like a horror movie. But if you consider that in 1973, by 1973, most films. Most horror movies were still the old horror movies. They were still Dracula and Frankenstein. If you look at the Hammer films that came out in the 60s and in the early 70s, we were still dealing with, you know, the supernatural. And this this very much puts people as the bad guys for the first time. Ooh, very much reminds you of like The Walking Dead or whatever it is. That's that's always what I go to when I think of sure, you yeah. know, People are the real nemesis, absolutely. Yeah, the, sure. the creepiest, one of the creepier scenes was when he was going to go back. And it was always funny because like, and I was like, at, at certain points of this movie, I'm like, stop showing your cards. Stop telling them what you're going to do. Just leave, just leave and then bring in the cops. Nope, right. I got to tell you, I was going to bring you up. I mean, yeah. yes, he, he is definitely an authority figure and that's where he's dealing with it. And of all these restrictions and battling with basically religion and all these things, I'm like, Dude, you're not going to convince them. They've been here for centuries. It's it, it is what it is. Just leave and then bring back whoever you need to bring. Um, but it was funny because the one freaky uh, or creepiest was when he was going back to his plane, mm-hmm. and you saw all of the members wearing their masks, and they would yeah. pop up. Yep. That was kind of creepy. That was yeah, definitely. I thought uh, what I thought was great about this movie is that he's hunting for Rowan, and they're hunting him. Right? They bring him along, and they try mm-hmm. to play with him, get him to do exactly what they want him to do. They even tempt him, right? That whole scene that you were talking mm-hmm. about, Charlie, where Brett Eklund was in her, uh, in her birthday suit is their attempt to make sure that they got the right guy. You know, yeah, they right. want to make right, sure that right. if he's not going to, if he won't do it, then they got the right guy. But if he does, then maybe they just give him the, you know, give him the bums rush say, Oh, look, Hey, Rowan's here. We got to go. See you now. Okay. Bye bye. We solved it. Right. It seems like in the final analysis, uh, sticking to your guns with virginity is lethal. So that, that's my <laughs> apparently take. he's like you know, the, he was like the thirty-five-year-old virgin. If a, <laughs> if, a, if a busty blonde is dancing around, slapping the walls, and uh, and your other choice is being burned alive, um, I think you know which. I mean, you guys know me. I'm sleazy. C. You know the direction I'm going in. <laughs> Hindsight surprise, is surprise. though, dude. Hindsight is 2020. Exactly. By that uh, point, he was probably thinking, while he was sitting in that wicker man, he was probably thinking to himself, man, I should have banged her. Bad idea, <laughs> Je- yeah, bad, bad idea jeans. Yeah, bad idea jeans. But it was, just, yeah. it was just the very end, though, where it's like the fact that he had to not be sleeping, mm-hmm. realize they were going to knock him out because he was listening, right. then steal the guy's costume, mm-hmm. do all of these things. Like, at any time, something could go completely awry, and it didn't. And it was just right. like, yep. We, we solved it. Yep. It's like, that's the longest of the cons. It's, <laughs> it's Jigsaw couldn't have come up with a better plan, Rich, as we talked <laughs> yeah. about on a certain yes. episode of your show. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, so, he, I mean, I think that was, I think that was just a fortunate accident for them that he managed to wake up and, you know, knock the guy out and steal his, his uh, punch costume and join the party. I think that he was, that think they were planning on him getting to them later, but mm. you know, it just happened that he, you know, managed to figure it out earlier. 
So, so Charlie, so any last words on this film? Uh, you know, you guys, it was, um, it was a departure for me and Todd, again, being used to kind of the typical horror films and, you know, the jump scares and the blood and the, whatever it is, definitely more psychological. Like you said, it was a long game from, from stem to stern. They ended up with the right guy for the right purpose for the sacrifice they needed. Um, it was April and I did a lot of looking at each other, like, where's this going? Where's this going? <laughs> and then, yes, it was finally and again revealed in the end. So definitely a departure for me. Glad I watched it, but uh, and not just for the nudity, because I did enjoy that. But uh, but but again, for the psychological uh, kind of the psychological and the quasi religious, you know, wild journey of belief that this movie was. So I'm glad I watched it. It was it was definitely a departure for me. Yeah, and, and Rich, obviously, this is a favorite of yours. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you've seen this probably many, many, many times. Um, did anything stand out to you this time that you watched? One of the things that I absolutely love about this movie is the idea of your greatest fear coming to fruition, right? Like pagans taking over the world, right? According to them. But then again, according to the uh, the director. But that actually, I, I love this film because of its subtlety, right? Because if you go back and you rewatch this movie, now I don't know if you guys are going to plan on doing that, but if you do, if you ever do, Good. Good. go back and watch it and pay attention to the background. See what you see, what you notice. There are things in the background that you will notice that give what give you more depth to the story, give you more of an idea of where things are going now that you know what the end game is. And, I think it's a well-constructed film. I think it definitely, like you said, Todd influenced films like, you know, Hot Fuzz influenced, you know, Midsummer influenced a bunch of films. It also took the idea of making the main character the victim. And that's been done a hundred times since then. No, hadn't really been done before, but now main character is the victim. That's a big thing. They love that horror movies. So, yeah, love this movie. That's uh, one of my highest recommends. Good flick. Awesome. It, cool. It yeah, is, I, it I, is I, interesting. Uh, I was going to say it is interesting. It's a, a police officer in England. They don't carry firearms. Right? So once again, he has really nothing to protect himself except yeah. a lot of arrogance. And <laughs> he's going to write your name down in his book and then go right. back to the mainland, which right. is funny because he kept on. And it is interesting how all of these things came together. I, I do have an appreciation for. Uh, the way the movies were made in the seventies and eighties and sixties, right. like we watched, uh, uh, what is it? Inva uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Charlie. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Se yeah seven, seventy, uh, seventy-eight. Yeah, I love that film. It was just you know very cool. So I like, I always like putting in some classic films in our watches, just so we can feel like, yeah, it's not gory, it's not doing all the modern things, but it is doing some things that you just don't see any these days. So I like that. I like just the Edward Woodward as a it just his performance was fantastic. Yeah. Christopher Lee, totally aloof, totally doing his cool guy, which you don't see a lot because he's always yeah. so overbearing and just creepy. But he's just like, hey, I'm a cool dude. I can mm. dance. I can wear a wig. I can do. <laughs> and he's like so confident. And I like the one thing when he says Edward Woodward says this. And if it doesn't work when they kill me, they're coming for you. And he's like, it will work. <laughs> I'm like, are they paying attention? Are they taking notes? Like we'll kill them next, right? Well, yeah. he's got he's he speaks with that authority of a religious zealot 
who knows what's going to happen in his head, right? Yes. And that's that's one of the beautiful things is that you've got two zealots going at it here, right? Pretty much. So. Pretty much, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, Very. It's a, it's a zealot off. Good stuff. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. So uh, check out Wicker Man. Uh, from 1973, it's on Amazon Prime. That's where we watch it, so it's free for anybody to watch. Uh, there are other versions, obviously, that Rich talked about, so you can probably buy them if you want mm-hmm. those other versions. So yeah. check mm-hmm. it out if you're interested. So, gentlemen, uh, Rich, should we even bother with your score out of uh, 10 Wickerman? Out of 10 How many Wickerman? bees? How many bees? Oh, God. <laughs> well, but guys, if you rent if you rent the 2005 or 2006, whatever, what is with uh, Nicholas Cage, Nick Cage. On, on the internet, you will not get the scene with the bees. Ooh. It's been cut out. What? It's, what? No. it's only in the extended version. What? The bee part is in the extended version. Guys. How did watch they get all this. those memes then? How did they watch extract this. the memes? <laughs> Hold the on, watch this. Two, four, six, seven thumbs down. Seven thumbs down. Wow. Wow. So I, so out, outside of baby. so if there's no bees to be yeah. found, Rich, what would you give? How many how many hairs would you give this film? I would give this uh, nine out of ten hairs. Yeah. Charlie, how many how many hairs would you give this film? <laughs> I'm somewhat indiscriminate, but I'm gonna go with six because I feel like I need to enhance my understanding, but I don't want to put it below the slash. I'll give this one a seven. I was just my, my major disappointment was I, I was expecting something else because i was thinking there was more sinister elements versus just the sacrifice to bring in the crap so i would say i'll give it a seven because i really like the aesthetic um and there we go and and the, you know what folks this the music the maypole song <laughs> oh my god those kids the dance scene with the yeah. maypole that's that's worth the adventure right there. Are you yeah. saying there was music in that scene? Because that's not what I was focused on. No, no, no. With the, the little boys, the little boys oh, dancing around the maple, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie, I what was, were you focused on? Oh, in that I, was movie? The, I was thinking of the ladies dancing. No, not the Stonehenge ladies at Stonehenge. No, they didn't have their clothes on because they catch fire if you jump over the flames, right? Exactly. Pay attention. It's a safe contact, folks. I no, the, the little the, okay, the, the gentlemen and the boys around the maple maple doing their dance in the song. I'm like, wow. That's yeah. that's that is a committed musical number right there. And look, if you're not into it for the music, come for the nudity. If you're like Charlie and you want to just see the boobies, they got tons. Look, tons. You know oh my what? goodness! I have a theory that there. I've never met anyone who doesn't enjoy boobies, male, female, gay, straight, what have you. Boobies are entertainment for us all. <laughs> the human body is a wonderful thing, folks. Um, there you go. Um, yeah. So that is it for our show. Shocktober week two is done. So this will come out obviously um, on next Friday. Uh, I believe the ninth is the Friday coming uh, at that point. Eighth, check it out. Eighth. Yes. The eighth. Yes. Friday the eighth. Friday. Yes, it Saturday is. Oh, my goodness. I, you are right. Yeah. So there you go. But in the meantime, uh, you should check out Rich's stuff. So Rich, tell people Please. where you can find your stuff. Oh, you can find my stuff over at uh, Facebook. You can find me on there uh, at Great Disturbances. I think it's at G Disturbances on Facebook, if you look me up there. Or that's my Star Wars show. And you can also look me up at uh, View underscore Couch there. And on Twitter, View underscore Couch. Or uh, G Disturbances on, on Twitter as well. Or my personal one on Twitter, which is at Rich Davenport 73 where are the other 72? Uh, the other 72, uh, we're not supposed to talk about those. Didn't you Did see you? the new mutants? 
Yeah, you, so they've been sacrificed. Right. They've been they've been wicker man. They've been wicker man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, they've been, you know. yeah all, all at the same time packed them up. So well, cool, awesome. And of <laughs> course, Rich wood. is Rich is my until he goes on vacation. My co-host over at Code Forty Seven Podcast right here on this very lovely network, talking about Star Trek every Monday. So Rich is my dude. So trekking it up. <laughs> couldn't ask for a better trekker. So at any rate, uh, friends, that's the end of our show. Thank you for joining us. As always, I'm going to tell you. As always, that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. (laughs) The bees, the bees. (laughs) Only on the extended edition. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.